0: and how
1: and Kate will break it down for you now. You want to see something? 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 Uh, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. I I know it, it sounds like I'm getting a book out. I'm not getting a book out.
0: <laughs> You're doing the same buddha buddha, buddha, buddha. buddha
1: buddha oh look It's a very torn up uh, issue of the September 2021 uh, school library journal. And oh, what's that? That's inside. Look. Oh wow, this article about us. Yeah, with the pictures of us sitting exactly where we're sitting right now. Yeah. Down, down to the letter. But yes, this is the article about our upcoming 200th episode. Woo-hoo. So, very soon, people, we will be having our 200th episode of this very podcast. And uh, and I actually know what book we're going to do now
0: Oh good I figured
1: it out Want to hear what it is? No Well too bad because I'm not telling you No Wait, what? I, you were supposed to say yes and oh. then I, It didn't work <laughs> That's okay That's alright um, But before we go any much further uh, what, what is this podcast? This is a podcast about kids picture books Whoa yeah Because we didn't do any kind of intro So that was the only thing it could be about And who are you? I'm Kate And I'm
0: Betsy and what do we talk about when we talk about these picture books? Um, cat anuses, sassy sons, naked people. It's actually true in a really <laughs> weird way.
1: For any, any new listeners who
0: uh, have discovered us thanks to
1: the SLJ article and decided, I don't think I'll be going to the beginning because I'm sure that's very rough. I'm just going to dive right in right here. Uh, welcome. And uh, good I, luck. I apologize for my sister's behavior. So well, yes, exactly. Oh, exactly. get used to it, people. It ain't <laughs> changing. It, it gets worse. <laughs> so of course, with this lead up to the 200th episode, you know, it's a little difficult for me. Um, we had a good one. Well, mom pointed out we did two in a row about hair. Yes. I'm just going to pull this out. It's going to be a little misleading when I first pull it out. So, <laughs>
0: Boo! The big red book. of beginner beginner books. books, We're actually
1: going to do just one of these beginner books. Uh, So I will just flip to... Oh, the problem is they're not in the order that they are on the cover, which is always a bummer to me. Here we go.
0: Do-do! Stop That Ball! By... Mike McClintock. Illustrated by... Fritz
1: Siebel. Siebel, Siebel... We'll take anything. It, you it all sounds good. say I say evil. I yeah. say Evil, and you say I evil. I will. It's evil. It's it's I will Let's call the whole thing, thing up. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so this, if for any parent who's ever had their kid learning to read, if you've ever discovered the, let's see, this is the big red book of beginner books. There's also the orange book, the blue book, the green book. Uh, These are little godsends for having kids learning to read. I adore them. Smartest darn thing Random House ever did was creating these. And this book is in there, but I have seen it other places as well. This is a fairly well-known easy book. So go read that fairly well-known easy book. Okay. Yay! While Kate does her read, I thought I'd do a little background information about author Mike McClintock. And then I looked into him and found nothing. Zero. Zilch. Nothing. I was desperate. So then I looked into illustrator Fritz Siebel. Siebel, Siebel. And guess what? So much information. So much. So much I'm not even going to be able to work it all in. But let me give you a little rundown on we're just going to call him Fritz. uh, Because he had a fascinating life. So first and foremost he was born in Vienna to Czechoslovakian parents. Uh, he studied illustration and stage design, uh, in Vienna, which is at what is now the University of Applied Arts, Vienna. Um, and then he got dual citizenship and then he was drafted into the Czech army where he served from 1934 to 1936, 1936, forward thinking guy immigrated to the United States and he was joined by his family in 37 they settled in New York city. All right. He becomes, uh... An advertising guy. He's he's making his living illustrating posters and advertising material. Well, what do you know? What happens next? uh, World War II. So he helped the Army from 1941 to 1943. But before that, in the war, uh, in 1938, he submitted a poster to a national competition for posters on the subject of national security. And Eleanor Roosevelt herself was a judge. So his entry was called someone talked now if you've ever seen this poster i'm gonna to have to put it in the show notes because it shows like a ship has gone down a man is drowning his hand is going up and just all, all the words are someone talked and actually this was such a famous poster that it was actually um in the movie the spanish prisoner david mamet big time fan of it so hey if anyone can find me a copy i would love to have one but that is not all right so then the war ends he creates ads for valentine beer and schlitz beer and then in 1957 he's contacted by the tatum laird advertising agency to create a mascot figure for a new uh, procter and gamble cleaning product oh, what? what was the name of that cleaning product you say oh would that be mr clean that's right people fritz created Mr. Clean. The Mr. Clean that you know today with the bald head and the earring and the the big bulky muscly body. That was created by the same guy. And then, of course, eventually went on to make some easy books because he was a well-rounded fella. And you're back. Hello. Hello.
0: Yes, I read a book. Yay for reading yeah give
1: a hoot read a book mm, like christy the clown says this has issues does it now i would be fascinated to hear what your issues are um stalking oh yeah
0: and oh yeah oh yeah
1: <laughs> But we'll, we'll, stalking's the number one actually but we'll,
0: yeah we'll get into it yeah. so uh right so we meet this kid who doesn't have a name no but, but- <laughs> who needs a name i don't know but he really likes to uh, hit this ball on a string. I imagine like those balls you had in tether elementary ball, right? school. Yeah, the yeah. tether ball. Yeah. yeah, and you would, but you wouldn't hit it with a baseball bat. No, of course
1: not. No, you would hit it with your hands. And then the whole point was to get it to go all the way. Your team was trying to get it all go all the way one way, yep. and the all the other team was trying to get it to hit the entire you know the other way. Yep.
0: But no, this kid is playing by himself, uh, and he has a baseball well, bat. That, that can't end well. No, but there's this girl wearing a f- like a beret, so I imagine she's French. <laughs> we'll just assume. I mean, I don't know. He hits the ball so hard that it uh, manages to. Break off of the string that the ball was tied to, and it's conceivable, and it just goes flying over his backyard wall. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the outside of his backyard wall, and the said girl with beret is standing on her bike's seat, and um, so that's safe, right? That's um, safe. Um, it's all safe. It's, it's quite the balancing act because yeah. the I don't think the kickstand is down. Hmm. She's just you know. She's just very talented. I don't know, but maybe. this is the page where I think I can sort of gauge the time period. I think it's around maybe the 40s. Yes. Judging by the cars.
1: I think we can safely assume that it's at an era, or at least it's invoking the 40s. It might well be the 50s. But it's certainly invoking an era when people did not believe in drawing crowd scenes with anything but white people.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, good. Um, So, But I'm also noticing that the only colors that the illustrator chose are green, orange,
1: black, and white. That may not be their fault. That's probably a printing thing where they were trying to keep the costs down and colors cost money, so you're told you can only choose, like, two.
0: But why green and orange? It's a weird choice.
1: I'm not saying it's a smart choice. I'm just saying that's why it's only two.
0: Well, the ball that, you know, just got off of the string is now... Headed right for like a like an open hole in the ground. Well, what that's do, not what do you call them? A, a, a manhole man, cover. A manhole cover. A covered. manhole cover. But just before we started recording, I was watching a video about Bill Skarsgård playing Pennywise. So, <laughs> so I was thinking like maybe the kid will like a red balloon instead of a red ball. What's right? the phrase like? You'll float away. You'll float away. Yeah. yeah,
1: you're right. It does look like the red balloon, doesn't it? Right.
0: Ooh. What kid would not want a red balloon over a ball? So red you're thinking ball?
1: he would like peer into the hole and then he'd see Pennywise staring up at him. Exactly. Saying, Do you want to come down
0: and get your ball. <laughs> <laughs> it takes out a whole new meaning. Yes, it does. <laughs> anyway, so the kid is frustrated um, that his ball fell in this manhole, but someone in the manhole uh, is furious that he just Pennywise. No. <laughs> No. Oh, thank God. Uh, This, you know, construction guy, he's mad that he got hit in the head with the ball. So he throws the ball into oncoming traffic. That's a jerk move. It's like a super jerk move. And the ball lands into the bed of a truck that has a bunch of sand in it. So you'd say bye-bye ball at that point. Well, you would think. Yeah. Nope. The the kid, his dog, Mm. and I am now affectionately calling her Stalker Sally. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that is
1: the best name you could have come up with her
0: yes thank you uh she just goes wherever can we call he... him ball boy i mean Ball can ball boy He's the ball boy yeah. yes uh but she goes wherever he goes uh right so the ball is on the bed of his truck with a bunch of sand and they the three of them follow it to this construction site where there's a guy smoking a pipe yeah yeah Um, that's why I was like, ah, 1940s or 50s, I think. 1950s, I'm going to say. When smoking a pipe in a children's book was still a-okay.
1: And man, I'm surprised I didn't catch that. Usually they, there was a time where they tried to to excise all forms of smoking from picture books, including like author photos. So there's like a picture of Clement Hurd who did Goodnight Moon's art and he's standing there. And if you look at some of his author photos, like from the book coming out today, they, they digitally removed his cigarette. (laughs) So it just looks like he's just standing there like giving a very
0: poorly made peace sign. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I just don't understand, number one, why this guy is smoking a pipe at a construction site. And number two, how all of these construction workers do not see two kids and a dog
1: running around. You know, this was an era before a lot of OSHA safety concerns. I'm sure it was like, well, you know, kid, you die, you die. Well, it's not on my hands.
0: F- this this ball gets carried up into like one of their like elevators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's up ki- the girders. Yeah, it's kind of an elevator. Anyway, so it goes up, and finally the construction guys see the ball, and they don't care about the kid's safety because they kicked the ball, and the kid <laughs> is now chasing said ball, and the little girl soccer Sally is on her bike following along. <laughs> now you'd think she'd offer him a ride. Here's my most. What I think is the most confusing illustration. Okay. Uh, the kid at this point, he like, he trips over his dog and the ball keeps bouncing further and further away. And we see this like Colonel Sanders guy sitting in front of a little, I don't know, it's like an outhouse almost. But this, this is clearly daytime and in front of him, there's a lamp on. Like a gas Lantern. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, where you go down, like, a coal mine and
0: you have a lantern right. with you. It is daytime, and there is a lit gas lantern in front of him. Why? It's a hurricane
1: lamp, and he's afraid of an oncoming storm.
0: I think he's using it for reading, though, but it's, like... Dude, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, and how much light do you
1: need? The story would make no sense at all if it took place at night. Right? Yeah.
0: I don't know. I saw that Mm. and I was like, that was a weird choice. That's a weird choice. (laughs) Fritz, we have an issue with you. Anyway, so the kid wants to go after the ball, but this like Colonel Sanders guy, which when you get closer, you realize it's not Colonel Sanders because he has like a green hat and a like, a brown vest and and, uh, no chicken. and, and like, plaid red pants. Anyway. Where's my free biscuit? He's like, don't get near that hill. We're gonna blow it up. But then... Boom, 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 there's a giant explosion, there's multiple explosions, and a part of the hill just kind of flies right off, but the kid is still concerned about his ball, and I'm thinking, who in their right mind (laughs) is more concerned about a ball than a freaking explosion that just tore the hill to pieces, and how did the ball not deflate? That is an excellent question.
1: Uh, science. No, Betsy. No, I'm pretty sure science. Science would
0: make the ball
1: deflate. See, I'm not so sure about that. Clearly the ball didn't deflate. Therefore, science. Uh,
0: Science. Anyway.
1: Science, 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 science. So
0: now the ball has flown up into the air, and it's going across town. To the moon. And and you still got the girl on her bike, but he's running with his dog, uh, and now the ball is going to go into a burning building. Okay,
1: <laughs> because the ball is determined to kill this child.
0: I think the ball is trying to commit suicide. Or the at ball, this point. Yeah, that
1: ball does sound. I like don't want wants, to leave. It
0: wants to leave this world. <laughs> I can't die with explosions, <laughs> but maybe if I go into a fire. Fire, fire, kill ball. So the kid watches the ball go into a burning house, um, but just in the nick of time, a. Fire hose, like has water coming out, and it yeah, hits the... the ball at just the right angle, uh, okay. and the ball then goes in the opposite Yum. direction. However, like, this is my favorite illustration wait, why? 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 because you have this supportive fireman <laughs> holding up his friend's butt, and wait, that really? and that is a good, wait, wait, show me the butt. That is a good friend. Oh, yeah, friend. he totally is. He's a good friend. Maybe he's
1: pushing the guy into the building.
0: <laughs> I think he's just think supporting he's just being super supportive. his yeah. caboose. Yeah. He's his tookus. I'm just distracted above. by the friend yeah, holding up the other friend's it is a butt. a lot of
1: butt holding, I will agree.
0: <laughs> I love this illustration. Oh Let's my. put it on Instagram. Oh,
1: we. Oh, you know we will.
0: <laughs> anyway, so the ball then it goes into a baseball game. And it hits a guy selling pop. And I've decided that the um, the man selling the pop will be played by Dick Van Dyke. Ooh! And good it's, casting. Thank you. Uh, it's it's a great move where you need to be very m- mm, nimble. Yeah. You have to be able to look good like... physical
1: actor. Yes. Part, yes. Agree, it's a, it's yeah. a good
0: character actor oh, yeah. uh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. needed for this role. So, um, yeah, I, I cast Dick Van Dyke. Well put. Well put. And then... This was also apparently during a time where uh, batters did not have to wear helmets. Okay. So that narrows it
1: so down.
0: that definitely dates it, a- I think. A tad. Yeah. So then the kid, you know, the ball gets hit by the batter. The ball flies into a tree and knocks down some animals like squirrels. And then the ball then <laughs> keeps going because... Laws of physics don't matter anymore. And <laughs> it goes into all the squirrels are dead. like a parade, I guess, because you have this bandstand. You got like the mayor, I guess, and his wife. And then this is where I'm like, okay, this looks super familiar. Using two colors with a distracted kid. And there's a band and a mayor. And I feel like we've done a book that uh, looks yeah, exactly yeah, like yeah, this.
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, I think I saw it on Mulberry Street. Uh, you know, the racist one.
0: Okay, well, this yeah. also hosts all white people. Well, there so... you go. So these, uh, when yeah. did they
1: both come out? Um, Mulberry Street would have come out first just because Seuss was editing. He edited this. And I know he had a picture book career before he became an editor of Easy Books. So I'm going to say that came first and then this.
0: So did the author illustrator of this book steal the idea? I mean, parades happen, man. (laughs) I don't think he stole it. But the two colors distracted kid going through a bandstand. Like, it just seems too familiar. Maybe. Well, I find this very rude. But it says that the kid saw a fat man in the band. And I'm like, he is not fat. He is big boned he's no, just big. He's, exactly. he's a big guy. Yeah, he's okay? a big guy. It's rude to call someone fat. It is, You know, it, I increasingly get... I've become
1: more and more uncomfortable with how casually that word appears in the children's books that I read.
0: And if you're looking for
1: a small word, use big. Yes, big. But they say fat. That is a judgment
0: call. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like that. No, I don't really like anyway, it. Anyway. So, right. So, the ball uh, goes into the tuba. The tuba man... Uh, blows it out the ball then falls into a cannon however it says that my ball head for a gun and would is would you consider a cannon a gun i would not i I can
1: only assume they used it because it was a small word and this is an easy book
0: right but (laughs) gun is has like a trigger
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. And a, a gun has a trigger. And a cannon... Has a
0: fuse.
1: Right. So, so I, it's not the I same would, thing. I would, Sometimes it has a pulley stringy thing.
0: Yeah, but... I would not call them the same thing, though. No. He uses the word gun multiple times. Uh, <laughs> I saw that's my... that's what you want
1: in your Easy place. Gun, saw... gun,
0: gun, yeah. gun, gun, gun. I saw my ball head for a gun. Um, I got up on that gun so fast. Oh, my. Yeah. And he tries to get his ball out of the cannon. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the, the guy says, you know, the, the, the soldier guy like pulls him back and he says, that gun could blow away your head. Well, he's like, dude, I've survived
1: an explosion of an entire hillside. I can survive a single cannon.
0: Well, the cannon goes boom, boom, boom. And he says, I saw the gun just kind of jump. And the ball, not covered in soot or anything. No, it pristine is pristine and pure. It's quite stone. clean. Yeah. Um it, it you know, gets out of the cannon. Mm-hmm. And the ball goes past the the bandstand, past the mayor and all of his people, past the ball game, past the house on fire, past the construction site, past the manhole, and it's going back to the kids' yard where I see stalker Sally is in. Now in his backyard. Oh, man,
1: she's in position. She is in his yard. How did she
0: know to go back there? How did she get into his backyard? Well,
1: he ran out. I doubt he locked the gate. He was kind of in a hurry. He thought he was just going to run out and get his ball. I bet he just left the gate, like, wide open. Ugh, it's
0: so creepy. (laughs) So... So at this point, I'm just telling the kid, like, please run away. Run, please run n- in the opposite direction and tell a person the of authority. The coming from inside the house. <laughs> but no, um, she ties the ball to the string. Okay. And now he's like, oh, I don't know who did that, but I'm just so happy that I can play with my ball again. And the exact same thing happens. He hits the ball <laughs> so hard that so- it gets off the string and it flies over the... So we have learned... Nothing. Nothing. And now Nothing. at this point I'm thinking, do you think she tied it last time also intending for it to get loose and fly away when he hits it? Do hard you think enough? she's
1: just like the most bored person? She knows that he's good because he will literally follow that ball into any danger that it heads towards and this is her sick game of like
0: entertainment. Well, the book ends with uh Could this go on all day and night? It could, you know, and it just might. And instead, I thought it should end with, Stalker Sally tied the string so she could watch him do his thing, but not too tight so it would fly and she could stalk him by and by.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The end. If anyone would like to write the tale of Stalker Sally, uh, (laughs) please give us a credit at Fuse8 and Kate.
0: Yeah, I wrote it. I know, I know, I know, You give me the credit. I
1: meant to do the, so I started doing the email, and I was like, why am I mentioning the email? I'll just mention the name of the show. So I just stopped at Fuse and, 8. Edgate. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks. That sounds pronounced, yeah. All right, so background information on this book is there is none. Like many of the easy books that were churned out at this time, they just came out, baby. We did not leave, learn a lot about the people who made them. Uh, they just came out, they were meant to be easy You know, Dr. Seuss was the one in charge He was the one who determined how many words to use Uh, they were very, very effective, very, very efficient And, uh, this, this was one of them So I, I think we're gonna go straight on to ratings now You go first Okay, so, I am very fond of this book Because when you have a child who's learning to read And you want a easy book that gets their interest And the nice thing about this one is that the kids find so many of the adults in this book mean. They're like, first of all, the guy in the manhole cover, who like, I keep saying manhole cover, he's actually in a manhole. The literal hole. Anyway, he like purposely throws it into traffic to attempt to kill the child, I assume. Nobody just hands him the ball. Uh, Therefore, the ball just keeps leading him into different types of danger. That's interesting to a kid. Uh, they, they find that fascinating So they can read this book a hundred times over So as an easy book It is a very efficient easy book And hey there's no racism But the whole reason there's no racism Is that there's no races uh, There's the white race And that's about it I like Stalker Sally she, she gives you sort of like a seek and find element In a lot of the pages You can try to, try to find her where she's hiding From one moment to the next uh, Is she creepy? Oh heck yeah but, uh, hey, she's fun to find. She's like that little uh, colorless Where's Waldo. Um, do, I think, is one of the greatest picture books for children of all time. While it is very good at what it does, I think it has some evident flaws. Um, I'm really going to go just a little toe over the line. I'm going to a 5.5 on
0: this one. Okay. Um, I think it's a great book for kids to learn how to read there's so much going on that i think it would keep a kid's attention oh yeah um i don't like how it's similar to that other book yeah. um that it only uses two colors can't compare it to other books uh that well yeah nah. i know but it only has two colors it has a stalker and everyone <laughs> is white but other than that, it's a good book. It is pretty good. I gave it a six. All right. So it is, it's a, it's classic. a classic.
1: Yay. All Cla- right. Classic
0: with some flaws.
1: A classic with caveats. Right. Yes. A, a caveassic, as sure. we call it. Sure. That is a word that I just made up. Uh, letters time. Mm. We didn't get a time, but we did get an answer to one of our questions. So as you'll recall, the last book that we did was Rapunzel by Paul Ozelinski. And you had pointed out the cat, the cat who was on the cover, the cat who we watch grow from a kitten into a full-grown cat, you know, throughout the course of the book. And we wondered if it was based on an actual cat at all. Paul Zielinski wrote back on the old Instagram, and he wrote, Yes, because this is Instagram, I can't post a photo in the comment, but the cat was my daughter's cat, Skimby short for Skimbleshanks, whose heart gave out at the age of eight, which is so sad because if anyone knows cats, you know that they live much longer than eight. Yeah. And it's a very pretty cat. And I do wish he had, uh, he'd had a chance to, to send us a photo of, of some sort of that cat, but that's all right. Uh, So yes,
0: we got our answer. Good. Yeah. Poor kitty. Grown-up things we like. So have you seen on Disney Plus that there are new shorts called Doug Days? I don't think so. What are they? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is This is Doug from
1: Up, right? Yes. Yes, and Ed Asner, who recently died, must have recorded these already.
0: Yep. Yes. So Pixar came out with a new collection of shorts that follow the uh, misadventures of Doug, the dog from Disney and Pixar's Up, uh, which if you haven't seen Up Uh, It features this dog that has a collar where he can talk, uh, or at least you can understand what he's saying. So each short, uh, they're like, you know, eight to 10 minutes long, and they feature everyday events that occur in Doug's backyard, from um, him experiencing fireworks for the first time (laughs) to playing with puppies. And even Russell, uh, the kid from the movie Up, he makes a cameo in one of the episodes. So if you have a dog, or even if you don't, these are super sweet and very relatable if you do have a dog. And they're not too long, and we thoroughly enjoyed them on Disney+. Plus. Go check out Doug Days.
1: I would say that Doug was one of those characters where I did want to see more of him. Sometimes, you know, with Olaf, uh, as they pointed out, little Olaf goes a long ways. And when they did that special, like Christmassy special with Olaf, everyone was like, oh, that was too long. That was too much Olaf. With Doug, I think this is a very smart use of Doug. I would like to hear more Doug. He has funny observations.
0: And it's so sweet. Yes,
1: and he does a good voice. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I highly recommend him.
1: All right, excellent, excellent. Uh, Mine is, Well, I don't want to shock you, but it's a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it's a podcast, but I found a new one. It's called Stuff the British Stole. This is actually an Australian podcast. It's uh, hosted by Mark Fennell. And in each episode... He identifies, and of course, as he points out, he could do these forever, but he identifies some piece of art that is in a museum that is not in whatever country that art came from and uh, was stolen by the British in some way. And it is absolutely fascinating. The very first one is about Tipu's Tiger. uh, And Tipu's Tiger was taken from India. And it is this fascinating... um, animatronic like tiger it's wooden but it is it is supposed to be played so there's a little pipe organ in it and if you play it it does two notes one is sort of the tune and the other one is the little british guy there who's being eaten by the tiger screaming and uh, his little hand moves in front of his mouth back and forth to modulate the sound of his screams so that's cool there was one about the Maori preserved heads that the British really liked collecting for a while. And that not all of them have been returned. Um, the Ben and Bronzes. Uh, it's, every episode is just utterly fascinating. Um, there's one on the the Pekingese. Um, the dogs. Uh, it's not confrontational. It's just very matter of fact. About the fact that the British stole all these things. And yes, it sort of goes into their justifications for not giving them back. But... They're not very good justifications. So yeah, great podcast. Stuff the British stole. Okay. Yay, stealing. Yay, dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you want to know if Queen Victoria named her dog that was stolen from China?
0: What? Lootie. Really? Yeah. Wow. She
1: seriously did. Like, was not ashamed of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just went along with it. Okay. Yeah, dogs, eh? Yeah, let's do a book about dogs. Ooh, okay. Because this book featured a dog, but it, the dog... The dog does not play a huge role in this book. No, it just trips up the kid once, and that's it.
1: Oh, that's right. That is like the sole purpose of the dog. As yeah. Far as All right. I will find you a good dog book that we haven't done that some people would consider a classic. Folks, if you have suggestions, feel free to email me at uh, fusek at gmail.com, and we will consider it. Cool. All right. And until we do your doggy book, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, and follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our stalker Sally Ballboy is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.